guys, welcome to this week's League One Fun Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Uh, go ahead and check out roughneckscarves.com for all your scarving needs for pro, amateur, national team scarves, uh, anything you'd like. Uh, this week we're doing, it's a big week, it's a week before the first game, so we're doing our big, what I call Frankapalooza. Uh, we're counting down. Best offenses, best defenses, best kits, best culture. We can give some predictions, some bold, some pretty mild. But joining me today uh, are the are the guys. Uh, first up, we have Ira. Hey, Ira, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Really looking forward to Friday, I have to say. Uh, oh, we all are. It's been a long time coming. Uh, we also have, of course, Jason. Jason, how's it going? All bold. Nothing mild over here. We're going extra spicy. Extra chorizo, everything. Nothing but the spiciest around here. Wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, and last but not least, Chris, how's it going? It's going well. I, too, am looking forward to Friday and the Greenville Triumph making history with the first win in League One history. Wow. Started already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, before we get to that, um, we're going to run through some player signings real quick. Not going to give a whole lot of detail um, because there aren't a whole lot unless you are the Richmond kicker. Uh, Ira, do you want to, do you want to kind of name off uh, who Richmond has been signed? Yeah, so Richmond uh, basically filled out their roster. They uh, got midfielders Justin Grove, Lucas Mendez, defender uh, Luke uh, I'm guessing it's Pavone or Pavone, uh, defender uh, Wahab uh, Akwi, uh, and also midfielder Alex, uh, is it Eisenkoff? I think it's Eisenkoff, uh, and also Nick uh, Retzlav, and midfielder Joe Geraldo. Um, some of those names you'll uh, you'll be familiar with. A few of them are uh, um, are, are new signings that, that you probably never heard of, so hopefully we'll see some of those guys on the pitch. Sweet. And Jason, made some news. I believe it was this morning, right? Or yesterday. Um, they signed for guys, right? Yep. They signed a midfielder, Marshall Hollingsworth, and attacker, Elma in the four. And these are probably going to be depth guys. But then again, we have a closed trialist who might be starting for them this weekend in their first game. So with Lansing, you never know. Depth rotation is extremely important for that team. Never know. And Chris, uh, Greenville also got uh, someone this week, right? Uh, yeah, Armando Cazada. Man, I'm really not great with those kind of names. <laughs> uh, just some goalkeeping depth. I, I mean, I don't. He's not going to be a starter. I think that's pretty locked down with Dallas J. But um, always good to have uh, three keepers just in case something goes crazy. Of course, you never know, especially when you have uh, opening cup as well. To worry about uh, rounding out the player signings, Toronto FC two signed goalkeeper Jan Fillin. Uh, I also believe this is a depth piece at goalkeeper, just kind of uh, just like Greenville and Lansing filling out those bomb roster spots uh, before the season starts. Uh, also, before we get to our rankings, we also want to go through some news real quick. Uh, we mentioned it on our League One 101 show uh, earlier this week, but YouTube was announced as the hosting uh, site for all the games to be watched internationally. So for those of you in Canada and overseas, uh, you'll be able to watch games for free on YouTube, uh, which is just like the USL Championship. So no surprise there. Jason, uh, what effect do you think that will have? 
Well, I mean, it's it's great. Uh, USL Championship does the same thing, um, more so for both players and coaches for everybody across the board, really, right? So now, p- international players, their families have easy accessibility to watch. You know, their their family members play. You have scouts uh, who are easily able to pull up. Uh, games, especially older games, right? Because they stay in the database for a while. I think a little over I, a couple months, I think. Uh, and um, so they can go back, look at tape. And it's also a chance for agents to show their players, hey, look at this league, look at this quality. I want you to watch it. Is this something that you would be interested in? And then it allows them to have potential set up for a trial and for them to come over. So I think it's a win-win for everybody uh, across the board. And it's um, just a testament that the league is trying to brand itself throughout the whole world. Oh yeah, good news all around. And then we also uh, found out yesterday, uh, Ford Madison announced a friendly game, been teasing it for a while, uh, but we found out that it's going to be Bundesliga side, Hertha Berlin, coming uh, over, from overseas on May 24th uh, to play Ford Madison and friendly. Just want to, Ira, real quick, what are your thoughts on first the opponent and then also friendlies during the season? Yeah, I think the friendlies during the season is a little strange. Um, uh, you know, particularly how early it is. I'm surprised that Hertha is coming over here in May because that's like literally right when their season ends. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring their whole team and not um, instead of waiting to preseason. Like like a lot of times you might see these games, but they end up being in. Um, you know, in, in July or, or early August, right before their season ends, kind of as tune-ups. So this is kind of a, you know, maybe it's just a vacation for them and they think that Madison's going to be a rollover <laughs> and it, you know, won't require a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of fitness. But um, I, I think it's a really weird time. I think it's great for Madison uh, just bringing in some European competition, particularly, uh, you know, top flight competition. But, you know, also, you know, are they going to get crushed? Is Berlin going to take it seriously? Or are they just going to, you know, toy around with Madison? I think that there's a lot of a lot of questions. It'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. I, I think it'll, you know, fill the stadium, I would hope. And, and you know, if nothing else, bring some attention to the team. Yeah, and that's the benefit of the affiliate, right? So they're playing Minnesota United, so it's probably easier to strike a deal to have that. But it's a good get for Berlin because when you look at that, I'm sure, and I haven't went back and looked, I doubt there's many huge teams that have come to play in that area. So if you can go and represent in that area, you might be able to create some fans, sell some merch, have some, um, you know, start, especially with children, some start, the start of some, some long-term fandom. So I think it's a smart move for them to tackle both of those markets and to really capture that whole area, as opposed to just coming for one friendly and dipping. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, I think I knew when I had talked to Doug Irwin uh, of the Triumph last year when the team was first getting started, he said that they had already been contacted by some teams in Europe about coming to play friendly. So I think it's something that European teams look at as a benefit. One, they can have some off-season friendlies over in the U.S. That helps them get exposure to a fan base here in the States. It also helps... Um, it helps draw players for for them to it's enticing for their players to say hey we're going to go to the states and travel around and see that country i know that's a that's a big draw for a lot of players so i think it's a i think it's a good move i think it's a good stepping stone for the rest of the league i think you'll start to see this more and more 
um, as the as the league continues to grow and as soccer continues to grow in the country. Oh yeah, sounds good. And then the last piece of news uh, we've talked about before when it was originally announced, but today, this morning, uh, South Georgia Tormenta FC broke ground on their new game complex. Uh, it's going to be a great facility, and uh, you know they're going to have to get past this year uh, and be in that stadium in 2020. Uh, but even more good news all around for the league. So now, now's where we get into the dirty dirty. Yeah, let's let's get into it. I'm ready. We we <laughs> we went over the the nitty gritty. We ate our salads. We're, we're eating our little finger food appetizers. Let's eat. Let's get into okay. the to the main part. So J- Jason, you were the one that helped uh, compile all these rankings. It was the four of us. Uh, we rated uh, each of the teams in the categories of best offense overall, best defense overall. Uh, best kits, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I took it as all the kits, goalkeepers included. Uh, we also talked about best culture and who we think, what we think the overall standings will be. So, Jason, you want to go through some of those? Yeah, let's let's just go straight into it. So, we started off with best offense, and this is a average based off of what we all said. So, in order of what we all said, the number one offense that we believe this year is going to be Lansing Ignite. Uh, we believe that is going to be followed by Chattanooga, then North Texas, which I will get to in a second, Greenville coming in at number four, Richmond, Tucson, forward all the way down there, under Tucson, uh, Tormenta, Toronto, and then Orlando. So first and foremost, let's get into it because somebody had North Texas as their number one. Um, so guys, what are what do we like about North Texas? Uh, is this something that we're is it is it more wishful hoping that that they're going to be this fun offense, or do you guys really see that? Yes, this is going to be one of the best offenses in the league. Show yourself number one. I need to I need to know who was the one that ranked them number one. <laughs> Go ahead, Ira. What do you think? Uh, I I think I wouldn't I wouldn't have had them number one. I had them number two or three. I think uh, I just think that they're going to score a lot of goals, right? They have young young kids. Um, you know, Mark doesn't think so. <laughs> um, and the uh, you know, but you know, so I think I think they have a shot. I mean, I think they have a shot of scoring the most goals. Um, it's completely possible. You know the, um, and and also it depends on what you consider best uh, offense as well. Like, is it just most goals, or is it going to be the prettiest soccer? Because um, that's the other thing. Like North Texas has the potential, I think, to play some of the uh, the prettiest soccer and just try stuff. I mean, they, they they don't have to win, right? Like that's the thing about some of the two teams is it it's not a requirement for them to win. It's a nice to do, but really they want to develop. They want to um, you know develop players for the first team. So I, I think. Um, they're really interesting. You know, we always talk about like Pepe could be the golden boot. Uh Oh, did I, did I skip ahead a little bit, but you know, he certainly could be the, have the golden boot this year, right. Based on his preseason form. Mark, do you, do you not agree with it? I'm seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of movement over there. I, I didn't have him. I think if I remember correctly, and I don't remember all my rankings from last night, sadly, but I, I had him fourth, I think. Okay. So I, I, I had Chattanooga, uh, as the best offense overall. And why do you think that? I just think it, at least for the offensive side of the ball, I think the experience that, that they have, having Doyle and uh, Zaid, who I, who I picked as being, I believe, the golden boot winner, um, 
they're just gonna they're gonna bang in a lot of goals, especially against those two teams. Um, I, I think they're gonna be all over the field, and so I, I took it as a who's gonna have who's gonna score the most goals uh, overall in the season, and that's what put them on top for me. Okay, and then moving on to defense. In order, we have Chattanooga, Tucson, Greenville, Richmond, Tormenta, Forward, Lansing, Orlando, North Texas, and Toronto. And so this time, Lansing up top with the best offense, but down below with the lower defense. And for me, I think it's depth. I think right now, I don't know who's their defensive depth. I think they have a younger defense. I think Grant Stoneman's going to be a great player, but I have questions about everybody else. I think Nick Moon's going to come in and could be a great wing back, but as far as from the defensive side, I just don't know. Um, so looking at that, uh, Chris, what do you think about defense? Um, well, I'm I'm trying not to be completely Homer biased here, but I really do. I, I did not have Greenville as highly on the offensive side but I do think they are going to be very, very strong defensively. Mostly, they have they have a lot of depth at the center back position. They have a lot of really strong guys with a lot of experience, especially at the USL Championship level. But to me, the real the real icing on the cake of the defensive backfield is the goalkeeper position, where they've got three goalkeepers with USL Championship experience. That is some solid depth there. That is some solid competition for one another. Dallas Jays looked very, very strong in the preseason. Um, I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna let many goals in, even if the even if they have some slip ups on the back line, just because the goalkeeping position is so so strong in Greenville. But the back line is also real strong with with the likes of Tyler Pollock, with Kevin Pilots, uh, with Evan Lee. You've got a lot of great great skill back there, and local boy Cole Siler, a, a Greenville Upstate native. So. Yeah, I agree. I think Tyler Pollock's going to be super important for them. They look like they've been using him as a wingback. So, and he caused a lot of damage uh, when he was with Miami FC2, a team that only allowed five goals in a whole season. So, I think he's someone to watch for. Uh, one of the teams that we all kind of agreed on and being up there, except for one of us had them a little lower, is uh, Tucson. Mark, what do you think about that? I, I agree. I put Tucson at two in my rankings for defense. I, I didn't want to be a homer and put that one just thinking just because, but I, I think with, uh, like I talked about with the offense in Chattanooga, I think the experience with guys like Venter and Ibetter and Lacasa, that back line is going to be strong. It's almost like a copy and paste from Greenville, as Chris just said. Uh, I, goalkeeper is not as strong, I think, as some of the other teams. I think when you when the ball the ball's not coming close to the goalkeeper much this year, and so I'm hopeful that uh, a lot of one zero two one games are in the future. I'm disappointed in you guys. One team that I thought would definitely be in the top four, not all the way at four though, would be Richmond. Ira, please talk some sense into them and tell them why <laughs> Richmond's going to be one of the best defenses in the league. Well, I, I think I I think I might have had Richmond second or third because they, they have a ton of experience on their back line, right? You look at their back line and they're all, um, you know, people with championship experience. They, um, it's one of the teams I think them along with Chattanooga and Greenville are kind of made to win now, and um, you know the 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 defense is going to be so so important to that, um, and I think the the fact that you have, um, you know. 
you you have a whole back line, whether they play back three or back four, that's going to be really, um, you know, really quite solid there. Now, I, I actually agree with the top four. Um, you know, maybe the order could be played around with, but at the end of the day, like as long as you score more than your opponents, you're you're going to be up there. So I think that uh, you know, best defense might be relative to to some other things. I, I mean. You know, look, we're we're all soccer fans, but we hope to see goals, right? Like we'd love to see three two games all the time throughout the league. That would just make it more fun to to watch. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case for all these teams. Yeah, three. Uh, I've learned to see the I've learned to see the beauty in the nil nil draws. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, yeah, they can be very exciting, but at the same time, I I don't see any of these teams built to be like ultra defensive, like super compact. I think three players previously. With their coach coming back is huge, especially on the defensive side. They're all defensive players. And if Richmond's going to be that possessive team that uh, Coach Bulow wants them to be, then I don't think, I think 1 0 and 2 0 is fine with them. I think that they're just going to try to score and then milk that clock and, and watch you watch the game get away from you. You mean three returning defensive players with their with their old coach, like Tyler Pollock, Evan Lee, and Dallas yeah. Jay with Coach John Arks? Just That's saying. true. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, are we going to call them Cincy 2.0 now? Is that is that what we're looking at? <laughs> Straight to MLS, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're all good though with the top four. I think I think we know the core. So the one thing I think we also uh, agreed with is the number one for this next topic, and then everywhere else is just. It's just havoc. It's chaos. So next category, best kit. So unanimously, we all said Ford as our number one. No, that uh, is not true. That is what is on the survey. Well, you didn't get my results then. <laughs> yeah, that is that is what is on there. Well, um, can, can we just say that like the best oh, kit no, you, is no, the no, forward right. goalkeeper you're right. kit? You're, no, you're absolutely right. Chris Chris is absolutely right. There's only three. Chris, uh, Chris definitely... Uh, has a gripe with it, which I'm sure he'll talk about with his $90 jersey coming up. But uh, the order that we have is Ford, Lansing, Greenville, Tucson, which I will get to, uh, Richmond, Tormenta, Chattanooga, and then we're not going to really uh, rank the babies on their kit since they're probably just going to be wearing what their uh, dads wear. Uh, Chris... I think North Texas will be different, but I would still, I still had them at the bottom. Yeah. I, I mean, if you don't have anything, at least with the Tucson, we got a preview, but if we haven't seen anything else, it's hard for us to rank, but go ahead, Chris, it's bubbling. Cause, cause you stopped me. You wanted to make sure that it was a point that you did not rank them. Number one, tell me why Ford is not the best kit in the okay, league. One, I am a notorious sash hater. Even if Greenville would have come out with a sash kit, I would have hated it. I'm not a sash lover. But I will say this, as much dang hype as Forward Madison was putting into this kit reveal, as much buildup as everybody had to how this was going to be the greatest kit since since kits came around, to me it was very disappointing. I did not think there was anything particularly special or over-the-top just great. I mean, I know we know the goalkeeper kits looked looked good, but for me, the home and away kits were just kind of meh. I mean, they were fine. They were good. They weren't the best in the league. I don't think, I don't even think they were second best in the league. Um, I think there's a lot of, I'm, I'm just saying, I think there's a lot of creativity and, and ingenuity in some of the other kits that I just didn't see with, with Madison. Um, So yeah, there you go. So So who is your number one? 
Hey, if you say green um, bill, I'm just going to mute you for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I so I I like Greenville's home kits. I love Greenville's away kits with the Fulham inspired gradient look. Um, I had them. I had Lansing up there, and I even had Tucson with their little tees above Madison because I actually like what Tucson's throwing out there, even though we haven't seen the full kit yet. There you have it. Chris likes teases of 10% of a jersey more than forwards. Wow. Uh, Iroh, what do you think? I just, I love forwards goalkeeper kit. So I, I kind of rank this just because that one kit, I think, trumps everything else. And so I'm going to stick with that. And, uh, I, you know, I, I like some of the other kits. I, I don't like the plain kits. And I really don't like Tormentus kit with, uh, you know, no room for a sponsor. Like, how are they supposed to get a sponsor when their jersey has their name, uh, you know, all over it? So See, it's um, even worse because they do have a sponsor and their team name. Right. So, so that's the thing. Like it's, it's overwhelming. It's like, it's just too much. Um, so, uh, you know, so, so anyway, so that's why I had, I had forward first. Um, I liked Greenville's, I think I might've had Greenville second and Lansing third, but, um, you know, I think those were some solid kits and, uh, you know, I didn't like Chattanooga because it looked like a t-shirt. Um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of boring. So I'd like to see but something at, a at least, more flashy. at least Chattanooga didn't have their team name across the chest. Just saying. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. So, Mark, I know you agree with the Tormenta comment. We you had talked about that earlier. What are, what are you looking at for the best kit? So I had uh, I had Ford Madison, but I was also disappointed with the review. I, I thought, like Chris, they hyped it up so much, and you know, you read about them, you read about how they were inspired, how it's a Madison thing. Like some of us might not understand, and it makes perfect sense. But I think especially with my biggest gripe with it is the huge stamped logo on the side that if those players tuck in their jerseys, you're not going to be able to see half that logo. So that was my biggest gripe with it. I thought Lansing, if Lansing's training kit was their own, (laughs) easily number one for me. Um, But I still really like that blue one with the gradient stripes down the side. Uh, So I had Lansing number two. And then I think, I, I know I had Tormenta last, but also like Richmond was a template. And I'm, I mean, we could have tried a little harder, I think, but I had them down below. And then uh, Red Wolves too, with just the shades of red is, is tough on the eyes, I think. Yeah. So here's what I'll say about Ford. I think with Ford's branding being so spot on and all the hype that it, they've been doing everything right, I looked at this jersey release as, okay, it has to be good right? Obviously it's hyped up. So in our minds, it's going to be the best thing we've ever seen, but I don't, I'm lowering the expectations. I just need them to deliver a good product. And I thought that's what they did. Um, I think if Lansing would have just added the stripes from the training kit on the, on the sleeves to the regular kit, best kit in the league, hand down. Uh, and I think that's my difference. If you look at the Ford sleeves, they have a cool little ripple pattern and they also have the Hummel arrows. So when it, that's what it came down to for me. Um, and so I don't fault Ford, Ford hyped themselves up and that's part of their branding. Um, but I do think that they delivered a pretty decent Jersey for them to hype it up that much. Lansing was this close for me. And I think y'all are haters when it comes to that Richmond Jersey, because I like that they kept it. They're a traditional club. They've had that look for years. Now they changed the format of the white block. I like it. It's not too much. It's not too flashy. I like it. 
I, I'm sneaking that one as one of my uh, my dark horse favorites, and y'all are just straight haters. Didn't Chattanooga? Didn't Chattanooga have a cool? Uh, was it either a, a training kit or the kit that they wore during preseason that was like way nicer mm-hmm. and better than their than the, than the the kit that they revealed? Yeah, and also wasn't also wasn't ninety bucks, right? And that's another thing that I took into consideration with these kits, right? And you look at like Chattanooga has two colors on their kit. That's it. The, I don't like that the collar and the sleeves are the same color. The stripes going down is that same color, at least with Greenville, they have a different color collar than, than the others. So that's the kind of stuff I look at, but neither of those jerseys are worth $90. I'll tell you that much. Lansing and forward, both at a lower cost says a lot, but you pay, you pay a took, premium for that check on the chest. That's exactly. Greenville has an excuse. I will say that. So now, uh, now that you guys know who to at with your complaints, we'll move on to the best culture. And that is where I had in my notes that we had a unanimous one and I jumped the gun with uh, forward and we had forward as unanimous best culture, which yeah, it's, it's a team that other teams rightfully should hate. They've done everything right. Um, and, you know, I guess that can be annoying. So I 100% agree, though, that they've done everything right. Uh, we had Lansing at number two, Greenville at three, and then a tie between Chattanooga and Tormenta for four. And we've got Richmond and Tucson. Um, so, Mark, what do you think about this list? This, I believe, is the exact order I had. Uh, I will say you got to give props to Tormenta to uh, for – they're embracing trying to get dollar tickets that I didn't take that really into consideration until just now. But uh, you also got to take things like that off ticket pricing into effect too. But yeah, forward and Lansing, I think, are the crown jewels at this point in the league. And you can see it on social media. You can see it in how the teams uh, interact with their fans. They're just, they're above and beyond uh, what you would expect for a soccer team. Uh, in there for pretty much. Ira, what you got? I might I think it was a little different. I mean, obviously, you know, forward, I think it's kind of forward and then the also rans. Um and so I think a lot of other people are are a lot closer. But Tormenta's done a great job. I think I think the thing about Tormenta is that because they were the the first team in the league announced and they've kind of been at it for a while, they they've lost a little bit of that, you know, newness flair that maybe, you know, we kind of expected on social media. And um, you know, so I, I talked to someone from from the South Georgia area and they're like, Yeah, like Tormenta's a big deal here. Here. And, you know, people are starting to get really excited that, you know, normally this is a college football town, but the fact is we have something new and shiny and something professional that we've never had in this area before. So um, I think I, I had Tormenta second or third, but um, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, just forward social media, I, I think actually like raised Lansing social media. <laughs> so <laughs> I think actually they kind of helped in that, that kind of, um, you know, little, uh, kind of Midwest, Northern Midwest rivalry there. So, um, but, but, you know, everyone's, I think, done a decent job in, in general. Um, so no, no one's done a bad job in, uh, outside of some of the two teams. Yeah. And not to make Chris's head too big, I think that Greenville is going to be that surprise. We're going to look at them halfway through the season and go, wow, they've been averaging how many people and they've been doing all this cool thing, all this cool stuff. And that's the team I think that I probably ranked a little higher. Um, 
than everyone else did except for Chris, obviously. But uh, Chris, you can speak more on that and, you know, you make it, you can sell it to everyone else. Sure. No, I mean, and I, I agree. I think forward Madison has really set the the standard and like, I think, I think you're right. I think it's, it's going to be completely different once the season gets going to see how the cultures grow and change once games are actually being played. <clears throat> but I actually had Greenville and Lansing almost 2A, 2B. I think they're both kind of – they're both doing nearly as good of a job as forward, but maybe just less of the coverage uh, outside of real fans of those teams and real fans of the league. I think I said on the preview show on Monday that Greenville is like the uh, the poor man's Madison, like just the <laughs> Madison without all the hype. And you could say the same thing about Lansing. I mean, those two teams are really doing a good job of growing the culture. I think Chattanooga also is a team that uh, is in the midst of a lot of controversy doing a lot of the right things to try and ingratiate themselves into the community, try to do some things to generate uh, a fan base. And I think they've done a really good job. I got to say, I put Tormenta a lot lower than maybe some of you guys did for the sheer fact of this really ridiculous mascot world travels <laughs> where in the world is Carmen San Diego thing going on like that thing has been so ridiculous to me that like that that almost took some of the goodwill that Tormenta has had and I was like I just I, I can't I can't do I can't do the mascot traveling to talk to the Pope and Connor McGregor they're trying, they're trying. I, yeah I, I must be old because I didn't mind that <laughs> Yeah, it's it's for the kids. It's for the kids, you know. And I think Torment has done a great job at bringing in a diverse crowd and, you know, showcasing for students and family events and stuff. But I am going to I'm going to throw this question out there and this might be somebody has a spicy take. If forward does not produce on the field, are they still going to be as hyped as they are now by the end of the season? Who wants to take that? I think it depends on how how they take their losses. Like if they take their losses as half mingo, or you know, just they, <laughs> they end up, you know, if they can kind of you know make make fun of themselves for the losses, I think maybe they could, you know. So, um, I mean, you don't want to upset your fans, but um, you know, if they they keep losing close games and they're like you know almost there, and and think of a funny way to to do that, then then I, I think that they could. Sure, I'll, I'll wait until we get into our bold predictions a little later before I get my full. Uh, Madison take, but I I do think it's going to be it's interesting that a team that calls themselves forward doesn't have many, um, and I, I, <laughs> I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting thing to see how the fan base heats up if they're not scoring goals and they're losing games, but that it's not even fun to watch. So I'm not saying that's for sure how it's going to be, but I'm I'm concerned based on the roster that they have. Okay, and that brings us to our last category that we did our rankings for, which is the best team on the field. This is going to be the best overall team by the end of the year. So what we have, number one, Lansing. Number two, Greenville. We have a tie with Chattanooga and forward, then Richmond, Tucson, Tormenta, North Texas, TFC, and Orlando. And I would just like to say right now, Y'all need to put some respect on Tormenta's name. I keep trying to tell y'all they are going to surprise you, but we'll go around and talk about it. So, Ira, how do you? What do you feel about this list? Uh, how do you feel about it? 
Yeah, I mean, it's almost like we're going to get to this later, but it's, uh, you know, who's going to be pretty, right? And and the, I think the thing with Tormenta, because they have so many guys who are coming up from League Two that we don't quite know. It's hard to know, like, are they going to play a, a pretty st- style of soccer? Are they going to be able to, to score goals and kind of deal with the pressure of um, of being a, a professional team for the first time? Whereas, the you know, I think one of the things is, is that the teams that have some more experience on them wound up going a bit up toward the top. Right. So that's why you have the Red Wolves. You have Lansing and Greenville up there and, and forward as well. Just, you know, people with experience are not going to be taken by the um, by the occasion, at least early in the season in particular. So. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think those top five are probably about right. I mean, Tormenta could surprise, right? We just we don't have enough information yet. To- no, I could. They're going to. I don't understand what you guys don't get. I keep telling you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on, because I can tell you this right now. There is at least one person on this panel that has Tormenta winning the league and put them at number one, because that's where I put them. I think they're going to win this league this year. <laughs> yeah. No, Chris, Chris, let's go. Let's go. Well, Talk about it. Well, I just think here's the thing. I I think that a lot of the teams we have ranked up there are going to to do well. You know, I think Lansing's going to be in the playoffs. I think Greenville's going to be in the playoffs. I don't think forward Madison is going to be in the playoffs. I think Tucson and Tormenta are your other two playoff teams. Um, and when I look at those teams, I think the problem that Greenville and Lansing are going to have, even if they finish towards the top of the table, is they're both brand new teams. And I think the fact that Tucson and Tormenta are bringing some continuity to the table is really going to help them in the long run, especially if they make it into the playoffs. Mark, two questions. Does that mean you were the one who ranked Tormenta eighth in the league? Second follow-up question. What is your problem? You're, you're correct on the first question. And the, the second question, the answer is I, I agree with Ira. I think just the amount of players that, came down from USL Championship, down from MLS, and even overseas compared to who Tormenta brought up from PDL. I think e- even with that continuity and knowing each other, I, I, I think they're going to be surpassed by other teams. And that's not to say I don't think they're going to be an especially bad team. I, I, they'll still be pretty good. going to be a lot of teams above them that are just a little bit better. Okay. I will say, for me, I think that Lansing has – uh, the offensive power to blow this league apart. I think they have a ridiculous depth at f- the forward position. They have some talented midfielders. My fear is their defense. And if Lansing can go and put two, three goals in the first half and have teams chasing and don't have to worry about it, then this is going to be Lansing's lead our Lansing's league for everyone to catch up with. However, if they're giving up just as many goals as they're scoring, they're in trouble. Um, so I'm really curious to see what that defensive depth looks like and how well that defense can compete when we uh, are midway through the season. I think I compared Lansing to somebody to like the early 2000s Indianapolis Colts. Like they're just going to be trying to, to outscore the other team without playing defense at all. Yeah, and we we all did have them in our top four, and that's the only team that we all had in the top four. So we all, I think, have faith in Lansing's offense, and we all know their ceiling. We just wonder if they can reach it. So yeah, that was the survey part. So you guys, uh, obviously Chris with the hottest takes in those, but uh, I will end with put some respect on Tormenta's name and also if Richmond... 
uh, is the possession team that they can be with that defense, I think that they are going to surprise people, and that's going to be the team that sneaks in as a four seed and then ends up winning the whole thing. Experience matters. But we'll talk about that more because let's talk about predictions. So I'm going to go around and bring up our uh, prediction topics. Everyone had an answer. You guys got 30 seconds to sell me on why your answer is not wrong, even though it is. And we are going to start with the golden boot. So with the golden boot, Mark, let's start with you. You're first on the list. Tell me, uh, tell me who you got and why. So I got Iman Zaid from Chattanooga winning the Golden Boot. I think mainly because I, I was going to pick someone from Lansing, but there's just so many guys from Lansing that are going to score. They're going to be splitting among four or five guys. And so I, I think they're going to score the most goals as a team, but you're not going to have one guy racing to the top. So I think Zaid, this, his experience with Indy 11, uh, I, I picked Chattanooga as the best offense, and so I think a part of that is him scoring the most goals. Chris, you disagreed with that because your pick <laughs> is on Lansing. That's right, yeah. I mean, I I get that point, and that was something that definitely came into consideration here, but I do think that Steve St. Duke is just going to be the one who – for Lansing probably is going to be pulling the trigger most of the time. I think he's going to get the majority of the, the most goals on the team. Um, and because they're going to score so much, I really do think he has a chance to, even in a very crowded uh, attacking front line, I do think he has the ability to score enough that he can, he can win the gold boot. And PKs matter. If he's going to be the PK taker mm-hmm. and he is somebody that's probably going to cause more uh, fouls and PKs and anybody else in the league, that's going to rack up. He can probably get six or seven goals just off of PKs alone. And I don't, and I don't see why he wouldn't be um, based on their roster. I don't see why he yeah. wouldn't be taking penalties. Yeah, and he, and he has been this preseason. Now, Ira probably gives us the first – I mean, I, we said we were going to have bold predictions, right? Ira went oh. bold. Ira, what's going on with your golden I, boot choice? I went totally bold, and based on my bold prediction, I had to pick this guy as my, uh, as my golden boot winner, and that's Pepe from, uh, from uh, North Texas. You know, his form in preseason has been great. You know, he's a super young guy, and I don't see any reason why if my bold prediction comes to be that, uh, you know, this guy won't be just the goal scorer galore. Um, and, and especially if he's out there and he stays healthy, so it, it'll be, you know, super exciting to, to see him. And even if he's not up there, I mean, even if he's in the top five, uh, you know, I think that that will just say something about, you know, who he is as a player and how that team plays. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know as far as call-ups, if that, that might affect anything from him, whether it's coming from national team or even Dallas, if there's injury problems, but, uh, I do think that he's going to be an exciting player to watch. When I went ahead with my I, I pick, I thought about him too. But I also thought there's a chance that he might be playing FC Dallas at the end of the year. Even, I yeah, I mean that's completely possible. I, I guess I was thinking, you know, if these, you know, if this player was on the team for all 28 matches, yeah. then you know who, who would be there. So their best striker since Tesho Akindeli. Uh <laughs> I think uh, so when I when I chose mine, I went a different route. Uh, I picked Daniel Jackson from Richmond. I think Richmond is going to have a lot of 1-0, wins, and he's the guy, if they're going to be playing possession, that's going to be the one that's at the end of it. So if he's the one scoring their one goal per game or one of their two goals per game, I think that's just slowly going to add up. I don't think that uh, – 
they have as much offensive depth as everybody else does. We talked about Lansing's going to have multiple people scoring goals. Chattanooga has the potential of having multiple people scoring goals when you've got BD and other people. So, I, you know, I think that Daniel Jackson's a safe, you know, like one of those, oh, he scored another one. He scored another one. Kind of like what Dom Dwyer did uh, back in the day to where he just kept scoring because nobody else was really an offensive threat. So that's my bold prediction. Chris obviously disagrees with it. He looks disgusted. <laughs> Daniel Jackson, your grandma's pick for golden boot this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I'll let that go. Cause I'm, I'm going to get you later, but uh, one, one category we all agreed on. So I'm not going to waste time going through it. There's only one person who didn't agree with us. And this is the wooden spoon category. We all had Orlando City B except for one person. So why don't we allow that person to tell us why they have faith in Orlando and not this other team that they chose? I'll go ahead, Ira. You don't have to stare. It was you. Oh, you know what? I think Ira, uh, I think he dipped out. I think his computer froze or uh, he dipped out and he didn't want to face the music. Um, He's got the frozen picture there. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll move on. We'll let him uh, try to convince us why he's not crazy, even though we know he is with that kind of pick. We all had OCB and TFC2 as the last two teams, though, right? Yeah, I think TFC2 offensively will be fine. I just don't know about their defense. And I think a lot of it has to do with the mystery, like especially with Orlando. We've not seen any of these people play they used their social media for the first time today in like a month and it was probably because the league was like hey y'all gotta at least post that it's opening weekend or something y'all gotta participate um ira's so, yeah. back make him defend himself ira you should be ashamed of yourself why oh i should be ashamed of myself because well i, I just think that ocb is gonna play is gonna play tough and they're gonna be um you know they're gonna be scrappy they're gonna be really physical so i think that they'll you know They'll do just do better. Whereas TFC two, even though they have some good players and they have some some people I like, and in fact I even have like a dark horse out there in, in one of the uh, following questions. I just don't know how they're going to play and if they're going to play cohesively. And uh, wh- whereas I can see OCB doing that. So you like the Guchin way? You just have as many fouls as possible. Don't allow a team to get. The don't let the other team play. Right? Like yeah. like you can yeah. imagine OCB playing against Richmond and Richmond just getting totally frustrated that. You know, every time someone touches the ball, their ankles are getting nipped at, right? Yeah. You know what? You're wrong, but I like that. I, st- I still, I- I'll accept it. You're still wrong, but I'll accept it. Uh, but you can make up for it now as we talk about our dark horse team. Uh, so, Ira, let's start with you. Uh, there's two of you guys who shared the same thing. So, Ira, you chime in, and then, Mark, you follow up. Yeah, I, I think Mark and I are, are, we both picked North Texas and, and reason being that, um, you know, we think that they might be the most cohesive of kind of the second teams, I think. Um, you know, I didn't pick Tucson because I had Tucson, you know, at, on the bubble of the playoffs. So I can't say that that's a dark horse, but I think some of the other two teams, um, you know, if you picked any of them, they were going to be, be dark horses. Um, they seem to be very cohesive. We know that they have a great academy. They only uh, kind of bring players up that seem to be ready to uh, to play professionally. So I, I think that, um, and you look at their attack, and you know they're going to score a lot of goals. And so the question is, how how good can and cohesive can their defense be? And if it's just good enough, then they can maybe squeak into the playoffs. So you guys don't think that Tucson would be considered a dark horse, but Chris, you do. Talk about it. 
Well, I mean, I guess I just, maybe my definition of dark horse is different because I do have Tucson in the playoffs. I think I just, I consider a dark horse being a team that doesn't have a lot of hype surrounding them. It's not a team a lot of people are talking about competing to win the league or make the playoffs. And to me, actually the team I listed and the team you listed, Jason, were the two teams I kind of had on that radar of these are two teams I think are going to be right there at the end with potential to win at all. And I think Tucson's that. I think the the thing I love about Tucson is they are very strong defensively, um, and I think they have enough firepower to 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 grit out some games. And maybe they're one nil draws or one one nil wins or or one one draws. But I think it's a, it's going to be enough towards the end of the season that they make a, they make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And you know, since Ira, you want to talk about cohesiveness and you want to talk about uh, chemistry. Uh, why don't we talk about Tormenta, a team that had so much chemistry they didn't lose a game last year until the playoffs? What are y'all doing? I'm tired of this Tormenta. What happens when Tormenta goes 0-5 for the start of the season, Jason? Then, you your words, or? I'm sorry? That means they'd lose to Greenville, so I'm good with it. <laughs> Mark, what, what, is, what is this? In what league were they doing that in now? You know, a, a league that has since been called League Two. But, you know, all I'm saying is in the beginning of the year, Tormenta, I think, outside of Greenville maybe, we'll see, uh, will be racking up points because these teams are still trying to learn their system. They're still trying to learn each other. Tormenta has purposely not put out how they're going to play. They're not putting out who's doing all the scoring and who are the players to watch. They want you to go in there and have no idea what's going to happen, and they are going to explode in your face. They are going to dominate in the first half of this year, the first quarter of this year, until teams get it together. I'm tired of y'all pushing them down. So obviously my dark horse team is Tormenta. Wait a second. Which camera's mine? Oh, oh the one with the red <laughs> light, right. Jason, mm-hmm. have to calm down and have reasonable expectations. Right? The fact is, is that there's you know there's not going to be parity in this league. And Tormenta, while they might be okay and they might squeak into the playoffs, they're you know, I think that that they're not going to be as cohesive as you think. Um, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of players like, like, I hope, I hope you're right. And it would be great if, you know, the new team that's going to have a great stadium, they just broke ground this morning is going to be, um, you know, riding a high going into their new stadium. But in a way, I kind of hope that they wait until they're in their new stadium to be like super good. Um, Uh, I I hope that mascot whoops your ass. Uh, speaking of dark teams or dark horse teams, let's talk about dark horse players. Um, so Mark, why don't you start us off with who you think is the player that might not have been getting a lot of attention in preseason. That's really going to surprise us this year. Yeah. So it kind of blew up this morning. Cause I think, uh, I think it was Phil friend of the Lansing, uh, journal also mentioned this player, but I had Alex Bruce Deloney from San Antonio SC, uh, as my dark horse player. And just because uh, on that team, I mean, he's, fourth or fifth, right, on, on attacking depth. But I think he's going to make a huge impact. And it seems like he's fitting into the team real well, and there just hasn't been a whole lot about his addition to the team so far. Okay. I, I agree with that. I think that he's going to be um, someone, like we said, Lansing has a lot of attacking power. The one thing that is uh, something that they need for sure when it comes to having Lewis on the side and St. Duke running around is someone that's a clinical finisher. So if Alex Bruce can prove that he is that player, I'm 100% behind that pick. Uh, Chris, you're going West Coast with yours. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Tucson's my dark horse team, so I gotta I gotta take a, a dark horse player off my dark horse team. And the definition of dark horse player is is a center back because they get they get almost no love most of the time. <laughs> so I'm going with my guy, former Atlanta United player, Andrew Wheeler Aminu, who I think is really gonna be a solid, solid player for Tucson. He's really gonna anchor that back line. I was I, I know we've talked about it before on the show. I was actually surprised he came down to the League One level, but I think that's I don't think that says less about him. I think it actually says more about the league and the level of play that this league is gonna gonna be at. One of the things I did, I wrote a I wrote a preview article for the Greenville Triumph Tormenta game, and one of the things I talked about as a thing to watch in this first weekend is is the level of play in League One going to be closer to the champ- USL Championship level or USL League Two level? And I really think with some of these players like Andrew Wheeler Amanu, I think you're going to see a lot of closer to that USL Championship level type league than you are more on a League Two level. Ira, I'm still trying to forgive you for your for your comment. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna have a proposal for you later. But I will respect you for this because this is the darkest of the dark horses. Tell us about your pick. Yeah, so so I took a kind of uh, the same kind of approach as Chris did. I mean, I think you know defenders don't usually get the love, and then when they really impress, you're like, hey, where did this guy come from? And that's uh, Jesus West, um, TFC two. He's Panamanian under twenty, so he will be away a little while at the U twenty World Cup this year. But, um, you know, just having watched the footage of him for, um, for, for one of our, uh, our previous shows, you know, th- this kid is good. And it just, just straight up, it would not surprise me at all if, you know, if, if he wasn't, you know, near uh, the first team by the end of the season, then, then you know, I, I would expect him to get traded and be playing in the championship or somewhere else in MLS next year. He's that good. I think. And, um, he's only on, he's on loan as well. So he could get recalled to his team. I, I don't remember the team that he's, he's from, but I think he's, uh, kind of trying out now for, uh, uh, for TFC. So, um, you know, interesting outside back, good crossing, has a good shot, really speedy and pacey down the line. That's interesting. So we all had Orlando as the wooden spoon, except you had Toronto and then you pick your dark horse player uh, as a defender from Toronto, that's a great, great concept. I love it. I, I see. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I understand it's, it's the, the dichotomy that is Ira Jersey. So. <laughs> someone has to shine, no matter what, no matter where you're on the stand, someone has to shine. <laughs> that's true. Um, so with me, I, I picked Danny Tenario for Ford Madison. I know we've been down a little bit on Ford this show, but. I think that if Ford does have offensive power or if they, they have that creativity and that flow, it's going to come from him. So he's going to be missing, I think, the first couple of games. He's recovering from an injury right now, uh, coming from MPSL. He's a beast. He's someone that could play passes. He's someone that runs back, intercepts, has great recovery speed, uh, can go onto the wing if you need him to. And when I look at Ford's um, – roster right now and i look at that formation they're going to need creativity uh they like to switch the ball a lot and that's how they've been scoring goals that's only going to work for so long right defenders and coaches can plan for that so i think towards the middle of the season once they get a flow of players maybe mason toy comes down and is their striker we don't know um but if they do have a clinical striker he's going to be providing a lot of assists for them and i think he's going to also be scoring goals himself so moving on, 
We got our darks out the way. Let's talk about the the more popular and the best. So let's start with the uh, best attendance. And uh, Chris and Mark, you guys are on the uh, same team this time. Uh, why don't you tell us why that Madison is going to have the best attendance in the league? I think just based on the interest that they've sparked in their community, uh, I, I think it, it's going to be a huge shock, especially the first couple of weeks. They actually don't play uh, their first home game not until a month now. They so so hopefully the team plays well enough that they'll be able to keep that momentum that they've worked on all off season, and I, I think they'll be able to capture uh, enough people and play enough that people will come back. But I also think I my dark horse for attendance is going to be Tormenta and I know someone else has picked it but just making it friendly enough Tom is going to be a huge impact for them so I made some bold predictions for the triumph earlier this week and one of the things I said was that the triumph would average over 2,000 fans per match and I think that is realistic i think it's doable i think it's a big goal but i think it's a very doable for greenville but i did put madison as the team i think is going to be the best attended this season not as much just because of the fans they'll have in madison but because i think the what the team has done in creating this culture and this spectacle and this marketing giant is i think it's going to become a little bit of a pilgrimage type team to come and watch for a lot of soccer fans across the country. Like I think you'll see people making treks to Madison or if they're up there for business, trying to get to a, to a forward Madison match. So I think that's really going to help them in attendance just from the sheer standpoint of the the marketing they've had uh, across, not just what they've done, but how other outlets have picked it up and run with it. And yeah, you guys brought up Tormenta. That was Ira's pick. Ira, do you want to talk on that? Yeah, I just think the fact that they've had a kind of a head start that they've, um, yeah, you know, I think early on they did a very good job with fan engagement that they have it now. You know, they weren't my first pick, but I kind of didn't want to do the Homer pick myself because. Uh, um, I've been covering, you know, Richmond for this show and, uh, you know, Richmond, I think will wind up with, uh, you know, three or 4,000 fans a game and they'll probably be, be at the top, but well, now I think you Tormenta, want to use logic. Gotcha. Okay. Now well, we're using logic. well, this is the best. This isn't the dark horse. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> the be- uh, but, but I think Tormenta has done a really good job. So I think of a lot of the new teams that they have a good shot of, of, you, you know, I, I, I hope all the teams, quite frankly, particularly the, the independent teams that they all average, you know, two or 3,000 uh, uh, folks a game. And I, I think they can. It would not surprise me at all if you had a lot of sellouts in, in some of these markets for, particularly as we get later in the season. So, um, you know, an average attendance of two or 3,000 would not surprise me. And I think Tormenta will be in that conversation come the end of the season. Well, in Tormenta, it really, it's a, it's a genius move. But having the $1 student tickets, I think, is really going to help their attendance explode because that's a, I mean, that's a massive incentive. You can't do anything entertainment wise that cheap and so to say hey for a buck you can come and you can bring every kid you know in your neighborhood for a dollar a piece to come and hang out and watch some soccer that's a that's going to really help them i'm not sure there's anything else you can do for entertainment period in statesboro <laughs> go panthers um but yeah so my pick was richmond look at their average attendance last year of 4,500 and they were the worst team pretty much in USL championship. This is a new league, a new beginning, new management, new players, new coach. 
uh, I think this is a new start for them. And I think that's something that when your team has been trashed for so long, me personally, as a Sixers fan, once the process started taking place, now look at the Sixers. They pretty much sell out every game. I think they are selling out every game. Now that you have this new opportunity, it brings fans in. It's a new beginning. It's new hope. So I think that that's going to carry them over. And because also, too, they have the biggest capacity of any stadium as well, right? So if they are good and it brings more people, they can be averaging 6,000 and it's going to be hard for other teams to even come close to that. So that's my pick for best attendance. And I think that it depends on the gameplay. It depends on how well they're doing the start. But I do think that that is a dedicated fan base and that we'll be seeing a good amount of attendance there. Um, so speaking of the best, guys, the, the, the question that I proposed that everyone had the hardest time answering, MVP. Um, so Chris, I'm going to start with you because you have the most interesting answer. Um, and I, I like it. I like this is a bold prediction. So I want to be, I want you to be bold. Give me the bold, <laughs> give me the spicy. Well, listen, so here's the deal. You know, like I said, I, I picked my dark horse player off my dark horse team. So I'm picking my MVP off the team. I think is going to win it all, which is Tormenta. Um, Chris Hellman is the goal scorer there. He's going to be the guy that is putting him in the back of the net, but the, the player that's really driving a lot of the offense in the midfield is Ricardo Gomez. And so he's the guy that I think at the end of the season, you're going to look back and say, this guy is an MVP candidate. Now, I watched him play in Myrtle Beach a couple of years ago, and this guy's he's the real deal. He is the real deal. Now, he hasn't had uh, you know a lot of USL championship experience or anything like that. He's really played at the League Two and college level. But I think he's a young guy with a ton of skill, and I think this is going to be a breakout season for him. And going from the most interesting pick to probably the most boring pick, Mark, why don't you uh, tell us who your MVP uh, prediction is? Hey, I struggled with this, and I, I'm pretty sure that my answer is going to change after the first once we actually see these guys play. But, yeah, I went with Steve St. Duke. I think he's got the best shout for double-digit goal and assist uh, recording this season. And so I think just those production numbers and being that – that brightest star in, in Lansing's offense is going to uh, get him the award. See, I agree with you, but I, and I, I, I'm staying in Lansing, but I do have a fear that St. Duke's size is going to be his downfall. I think the physicality of some of these defenders, if they see, look, we're just going to bang him up. We're not going to allow him to get past us. We're not going to allow him to get started. That could be a problem for him. And he's also a player to where Lansing's constantly rotating, constantly changing their tactics. So if it's not working, he might get pushed out on the wing. And all of a sudden now he's not the facilitator anymore so i stayed in lansing and went with a player that i know is going to be a facilitator and went with xavier gomez and i think that he is going to be the one distributing a lot of these passes he's going to be the one that can step up on late runs and score if he needs to so i think that's where i'm staying uh that's a person who has the mvp style from all different directions right and if he's the one that also sends in crosses who knows right that's even more assist um so that's where i'm staying and then uh, I, I don't want to call it the most interesting pick because it's no pick at all. Ira did not answer our question uh, when we sent it out. So Ira, do you want to come up with something on the fly now? Oh, so I, I laugh at you. I had Hold eight. On. I had eight or ten different. Uh, I had eight or ten different people, but I, I, you know, I was I was kind of going out to uh, to Mark's neck of the woods and and thinking maybe Moisha Perez can be an interesting um, kind of you know, outside MVP pick, especially if uh, Tucson's going to make a run into the playoffs. Like if he's playing, 
in the um, in the midfield there. He you know he's a good passer and and decent shot, and he kind of plays a you know number eight, number ten. Um, I think he could be I think he could be interesting. You know, my my question about him is you know he played in college, so he's uh, you know he's not he's not young, right? So he's not one of the guys from like a two team, but he uh, but he's also untested. So um, you know I think you know if we were to talk about a dark horse, like he was kind of on my list for dark horse players as well. So, uh, you know, I might might make that bold prediction that you can make fun of at the end of the season by picking uh, Moisha Perez. Yeah, I respect it. I think with what you, Chris, and I have done are picked players who are value, have to be valuable for their team to have success. I think that's the point of having that MVP, right? Like if these players do not pan out well for their team, then their team is in a lot of trouble. Mark's the only one that went with the flashy guy that uh, has the potential of scoring a bunch of goals and assists, which understandable. It's uh, understandable. You know, you know but, I, I hate when the MVP ends up being the golden boot. Like that person won the golden boot. Clearly they're important, but you know, pick someone else who's the MVP. Um, yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, down your, down your way, Jason, you know, like it's, it's like saying that, uh, that Al Marone w- wasn't the MVP and it's Martinez just because he was, you know, he was the leading goal scorer. You know, I yeah, was going to pick a defender, but we all know the defenders don't get MVP. Well, let's do this then. We are going to have a league one MVP at the end of the year. We're going to get together <laughs> and we're going to discuss the player who might not be on the score sheet, might not have been flashy, but was so important to their team. They deserve the credit. And maybe we'll even make a little trophy ourselves and send it to them to let them know that they are appreciated. Whether especially they want it or not. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good idea. All right. And uh, guys, we want to know what you think, what your MVPs are. So feel free to tweet us at League One Fun or us individually. I'm really curious. It's a first year, uh, so we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys think. Um, so as we round up our uh, predictions, guys, I've saved the best for last. I want one bold prediction for 30 seconds You've got to convince me while you're not out of your mind and something that you are going to stand on at a pedestal at the end of the season and said, remember when I said that, that came true. Mark, what is going to happen this year? That is your biggest bold prediction. So my biggest prediction, boldest prediction, and I don't actually think it's that bold, but it's what, what I went with. I have at least one team from USL League One wins two Open Cup matches, meaning they get to face an MLS team uh, and probably lose that one. But I have, I think just the draw that some of these teams are going to get, they're going to get either a uh, lower division amateur side or a league two side. I don't, I don't think they're going to have much trouble with that. And some of these teams are going to catch some championship teams sleeping. Uh, some that just are too busy. With Tell me who that's not good. Um, enough. Tell me who I'll go. I'll go with Lansing. Okay. I, because especially if you consider the regionality of Open Cup and who they could face, you have Lansing, Lansing could face, you know, if, if they get all the way, you might have someone like Chicago Fire or Indy 11 who, who has struggled just a tad this year. Um, maybe even someone like St. Louis. Who they've Sessler. already beat, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to, one of these teams, I, I'll go with that. I'll go Lansing Unite will make, uh, will win two U.S. Open Cup games. And and still look good against MLS side, plus fall short. And I'll make a bold prediction that if Lansing plays Chicago, Edwards doesn't play for either of those teams by the time that that happens. 
That'll be my bold prediction about that. Ira, give me your bold prediction. So mine is that uh, more than a quarter, so eight or more games that North Texas plays in will have seven or more goals. So I, I just think that this team is going to score, but I think they're going to be a sieve for defense. So I think there's going to be like five to two, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a lot of four to three matches that they're going to play in one way or the other. Um, so I, I just think that they're going to be exciting total goal scoring and that, um, you know, there's going to be a ton of games with a lot of goals and it's just going to be fun to watch. And you're saying eight games. I'm saying eight games or more okay. with seven or more goals. So that's about a quarter of the season about. It's just yeah. over a quarter of the season, right? Okay. All right. That's 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 pretty bold. I'll, I'll give you that. So I'm going to go ahead and do mine because I, I can't I can't wait for Chris to uh, to uh, have his. I'm going to say, and it's a little different than what I put in our notes because I'm feeling a little extra spicy. Uh, I think that five players this year are one and done and move up to MLS. I think that this is going to be a league to where, especially when you look at affiliates, uh, I think especially with Lansing, even though I don't think Chicago has announced them as an official affiliate, I think they're just like buddies. It's kind of like when you're dating someone and y'all are talking, but you haven't really made it official out loud, but they met mom. It's awkward. But uh, I think if Chicago fired do not have a good year and especially when they've already got a questionable back line i don't know what they're doing with nikolic he's not finishing goals up top lansing having all those strikers and those forwards and having grant stoneman as a you know if he's a defender that we all think he can be i think this league's gonna have five players that go up to mls and that can be everyone from jordan perusa going to toronto right if josie can't stay healthy or if toronto's bad at the end of the year and jordan perusa is killing it who i think will be in the top three of uh, the golden boot race i think he's absolutely going to be a monster this year why wouldn't he get a call up and you've got richmond with uh, abu bakar with columbus if their defense is falling apart like it is getting scored on three times by the union who couldn't score a goal to save their lives prior to that game why doesn't he he might get a call up, especially if he has an impressive U, uh, US 20 camp. So, uh, yeah, I think that five players at the by the end of this year or at the end of this year will be making that move up to MLS. And then last but not least, Chris, Chris is ready. He wants all the spiciness. Tell us. Tell us what you think, Chris. I'm ready to block out the haters. Mm. <laughs> Lansing fans, if you want to send me all the swag, I'm here for it. Because here's my bold prediction. Ooh, not only does forward Madison not make the playoffs this season, they're not even close. In fact, I think they may finish 7th or 8th in the league. All hype, no substance. I don't think they got it in them. Uh, hashtag spicy yeah, what do you what do you think about that, guys? I, I think that's bold. I, I think Peter Wilt knows how to build a team, and uh, that you know, will they make the playoffs? I'm not sure, but will they finish as low as eighth? I mean, so you basically have OCB and T two, but TFC two below them, right? Is that affirmative? Yeah. All right. All right. Speaking of playoffs, we had a question that came in from Weston Shelton. Love this question. Uh, he said we're going to be talking about it, but he wants to know how do we want to see the playoffs look and how do we think that they're going to finish? Uh, so I'll start out with my thing. 
I, I am questionable about if Ford's going to make the playoffs, but I do think that their affiliate with Minnesota United is going to help them. If they can get someone like Ormsburg or, or Toya to come down for half a season, then it might be enough. But I would love to see a first round Lansing number one, Ford number four playoff match. Everyone has to go to Lansing to go see that. By that time, if the social media people are not ignoring each other because they're so sick of each other going back and forth by the end of the year, that's going to be the game to do it. At that point, you got to make like a supporters group trophy. Uh, you got to do something to celebrate that. I think that would be the most fun playoff game. And uh, yeah, I think if that happened, I kind of think Lansing would win that because I just don't trust Ford's defense right now. And I don't trust Lansing's either, but I trust Lansing's offense a lot more than I trust Ford's offense. So that's how I see the playoffs uh, happening. I think that championship game, you're going to have a team like Lansing, and I think it's going to have a surprise team like Richmond. I think that experience or Tormenta is really going to play a part, and they're going to be that team that sneaks in in that third spot and uh, ultimately plays in the championship. I don't want to call the championship because we haven't seen anybody really play yet, but if I have to do it right now, I'm going Lansing. Guys, uh, Mark, what do, what do you think? See, I have the exact same. I have, uh, I think over the course of the season, I think you have Red Wolves being the best overall team, maybe that one seed. But I think, you know, playoffs, anything happens. And I think, so I think there's a, there's an upset in, uh, in the playoffs. And I think Ignite, uh, Lansing will be massive, just like, just like you. But I also have Greenville beating uh, Chattanooga. And I, I, I think Lansing's going to win it all. Especially, especially not in the regular season, but I think if you're just focused on two games, a playoff, home field advantage uh, will definitely help. I think Ignite go all the way. Depth matters. That's all I'm going to say. And I think that right now, if you look at all the teams, I think Lansing probably has the best depth. Chris, what do you think? How do you think the playoffs are going to shape up? Uh, I mean, I think I've given my four teams. I think it's Lansing, Greenville, Tormenta, and Tucson. And ultimately, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see either Tucson or Tormenta win it. But I'm just I'm going with Tormenta. I believe in them. I think they're uh, they they were the first team in the league, and I think they'll be the first team to win it. And Ira, I mean, I don't know if you have Orlando as a third seed or a fourth seed, <laughs> but why don't you tell us uh, how the playoffs are looking for you? No, I I have I, you know so so if I were to rank right now, I'd have Chattanooga probably winning the league and then you know some combination of uh lance and greenville and richmond behind that um i i agree with you i think that richmond you know experience matters and assuming everyone can stay healthy on richmond that they would wind up making a run but um but i, I think that the red wolves have a good shot of um of winning it so if you have you know i could see you know it's interesting so you have three teams kind of in the east coast so i, I wonder what the draw would be when you have greenville you know greenville chattanooga richmond like who who plays who there and i think you know kind of whoever plays the red wolves ends up um you know potentially uh you know the red wolves have something to fight for here right they want bragging rights in chattanooga so i think that um you know they, they you know they win the league and they go on and they win the win the cup I can, well, I can see. Wouldn't, why. wouldn't that be something if the Red Wolves win the league? <laughs> I can, I can see why Ira likes the Red Wolves, you know, because they're old. So, uh, oh, you know, oh, oh. <laughs> that's that's. Hey, I'm a hashtag play your kids kind of person, but you know, we're, we're talking about winning this season, and and I'm sorry, know, I'll say. I'll say seasoned. They're not old. They're seasoned. They're veterans. Um, but I also that's my gripe with them. I think 
time, like by the end of the year, you're, you've got tired legs. And when you've got teams like Lansing, who are younger teams with depth that have rotated and haven't played as many games, uh, that's that's where the playoff runs happen. That's where upsets happen. And that's where you feel it. Um, you look at even last year in USL championship, that Phoenix midfield was tired and didn't do anything. Um, so, and I think that that plays a big role in the playoffs and that's why I love just a few less games though. Right. I mean, that's the other thing is that this isn't, you know, but depth is an issue, right? So these teams aren't quite as deep, I think as most championship teams were last year as well. So, uh, you know, obviously this is on all of our pieces, uh, parts, (laughs) this is just conjecture, right? (laughs) All right, guys, it's happening. It's starting in a couple of days. This is this is it. We we this is our last show. The next time you'll hear from us, we're going to be telling y'all how right or how wrong we were. Uh, tell me what game you are most excited to watch this weekend and why we should watch. Chris, I already know your answer, so why don't you just go ahead and start off and uh, tell us. I mean, the only acceptable answer here is first game in league history, Friday night, Greenville, Tormenta. Opening, opening the inaugural season of a brand new league. Uh, Going to be down there where the team Tormenta's had a lot of stuff going on this week. They've been breaking ground on their new stadium. They got the championship trophy down there that looks like a, an upside down rocket ship. Um, I think these are two teams in for my predictions. Two teams that are going to be in the playoffs this year. So I think it's a it's going to be uh, worth watching. And, you know, according to the league, this is the number one rivalry. So you might as well just tune in and, and see what's going to happen. I actually think there is going to be at least one controversial call or play or something that will contribute to this actually becoming a real rivalry. And we'll, uh, and because we're so close, I know there's a good contingent of the Reedy River Riot supporters group for Greenville going down to watch the game on Friday. I won't be down there, but I know there will be a good crew. So, Ira? What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to be, uh, you know, paying close attention to the uh, North Texas Red Wolves match. Um, but I'm, I plan on watching all four matches. I mean, first matches for a lot of these teams ever. It's it's just it's super exciting and fun uh, to, to watch these guys. Um, uh, and and just a shout out because uh, if you don't know, um, you know, not only do we have League One Fun, but BGN.FM also has uh, USL News, and uh, and we'll have recaps of some a lot of these matches. So I'm doing the North Texas. Red Wolves uh, review um, post game, so uh, look out for that. And I think Jason's doing one of them as well. Yeah, and uh, BGN's also expanding. Have to welcome Capital Combustion to the BGN family. They are going to be a podcast covering Lansing with us. And also shout out to um, Richmond that have two new podcasts. Uh, they've got uh, the Total Soccer Show. T- uh, Taylor and Daryl are going to be covering the Richmond uh, Kickers. They're going to be doing, I think, a weekly show. Um, so if you guys, if you haven't heard of them, total soccer show, great podcast. So look out for that and also look for Richmond's, uh, new podcast, river city, uh, which is going to be an in-depth look of, uh, their players, tactics and reviews. So, um, for me personally, since we're talking about it, uh, I'm going to be looking at that Richmond Lansing game because I think that Richmond is going to be, you know, trying to be a possession team against probably the most aggressive high pressing team 
in the league. So there's no better way to test if you're going to be able to possess and play from the back than when you have these speedy young kids flying at you constantly for 90 minutes. Uh, so I'm going to be looking into that because I wonder if the Richmond tactics aren't working for the first couple of games. Do they switch it up? Do they say, hey, we're not going to play out the back anymore. We're going to try something different. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see that one. And uh, Mark, what about you? I have uh, North Texas Chattanooga. Mainly, it's probably the only game I'm going to be able to watch live. But also, immediately to start the season, you're getting a clash of the old team, the season team, and the, and the youngsters. And the, I, don't, I don't want to take too much away from just this first game, but we're going to see. We've been hyping North Texas up a lot lately. Uh, and so we're going to see, our, can they compete from the start? Uh, and Chattanooga is it's their strategy of experienced older players going to, going to help them uh, from the start as well. One thing I will say about Chattanooga late in the season is that they play Orlando and Toronto twice, I believe, in the last month. So that's going to be something to watch for for them to maybe sneak in. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see, though, because, like you said, they're playing kids. So they might be able to keep up now. Let's see if they'll be able to keep up at the end of the season when they need it the most. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you have not we had a bonus podcast this week. Um, this might be the first time you're listening to us. If you are interested in the league, we went through, talked about all 10 teams, gave you the basic format of it, the whole 2019 season guide, uh, 40 minutes, listen to it on your way to work, and you're going to be a professional just like us. And by professional, I mean be wrong about everything. Uh, so, guys, um, let us know where we can find you. Chris? Uh, I'm not giving out my personal Twitter handle. I yeah, have to not. <laughs> no, no uh, seriously, uh, you can follow most of the soccer stuff I do at, at YTSS podcast and over at GVLsoccer.com. Um, but my personal account's Youth Guy Cash, but I really, uh, I don't put anything on there. <laughs> soccer wow, ladies, please, look at, look at there. I have a brand new baby. Please don't come for me. <laughs> Ira, I can be found on Twitter at, at Ira Jersey. And Mark. Uh, you can find me at Miracles and then also at Firebird's site where we'll, do, we'll be having some uh, FC Tucson coverage thanks to Stephen Hernandez. Yeah, and you guys can find me at Home Sweet Soccer. I will be just as loud and wrong as I have been tonight and will be proud of it. So special thank you to, to the beautiful Game Network for hosting us and a special thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Make sure you get a custom scarf for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We will see you guys in a couple of days and we will know who's looking good and uh, who's in trouble early. Thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.